Hello and welcome to Wonderful. I'm David Pearl, the founder of Street Wisdom, and this is a podcast we've designed for anyone who wants to get some inspiration on the go. Today, a lot of us are listening to podcasts while we walk. Wonderful is a podcast designed specifically for that, a podcast to walk to, something to put a bit of wonder in your wonder. You're welcome to listen to this as you wander around your home or lying on the sofa even, you'll find inspiration is actually everywhere. But if you've got a bit of time, and let's face it, we've all got a bit of time, let's boot up and head out into the street. So hello lovers of the wonder, and welcome back to Wonderful, the podcast that is designed for you and people like you and us who love to uh, wander off the beaten track and get some inspiration on the go. I say welcome back, but if it's your first time, then welcome. Hello. Thank you for joining us. You are now an honorary, what should we call them, Andrew? What should we call ourselves? Errarians. I was thinking lovers of error. Error, if you look it up, means to wander off course. Is what you were penalised for doing at school, but you are celebrated for doing later in life as you seek new answers to the questions on your mind. Ah, oh, lovely to have you back. And I hope you're enjoying um, this season which is sort of focused on sustainability it's a bit of a it's a bit of a overused word I like to think about it as continuing life on earth in good ways it's really what we're talking about and um, with that in mind it's kind of and it's in my mind I was cycling at the weekend Uh, I often cycle north of London where I live and there are these nice of rural rural little streets and paths called the lanes and I've been noticing over the past year or two that the verges and the hedges are just increasingly getting filled up with rubbish. People are chucking bottles and packets of crisps and mattresses and stuff and just leaving stuff at the side of the road. And it makes me, makes me heart sore, I think. And I thought it was an urban problem, but actually I've just come back from the Middle East where I was in, I was in the desert. I mean hundreds if not thousands of kilometers away from human life and at one point we went into a and and you start to see rubbish everywhere you start to see you know plastic bottles and stuff even down I went to a a neolithic underground ritual cave and there amidst the artifacts is mineral water bottles you know plastic bottles and I turned to the guide and said do people really come here and visit here, this pristine, untouched world, and leave, throw bottles away? He said, no, it's not that, it's the wind. The wind picks the bottles up and the rubbish from the cities, and it festoons the untouched desert with evidence of man's consumerism. And it, that sort of stuff can get you downhearted, which is why I'm really pleased to be able to introduce you to this episode's special guest, who's a man who's a sort of, I don't know, he's a sort of beam of sunshine in human form. Ben Morrison, the founder and uh, originator, I think, of Flip Floppy. He'll tell you all about it, but essentially it's a boat, a seafaring proper boat made of recycled plastic, which has been uh, found and picked up from the beaches in Kenya and clad in flip-flops hence its name flip floppy um check them out on the website it's it's it is a it is a story about waste that will fill your heart with joy 
but 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 don't do it yet hang on and let's drop into this conversation with ben who i bumped into when we were up in glasgow for cop 26. um it's really interesting is he positive yes is he pollyanna is he deceiving himself uh no but notice how he connects with this positive energy in order to power up his desire for action and to do something that people can look at, uh, smile and want to emulate. Lovely guy doing lovely work. Ben Morrison, uh, you are welcome. In 2018, um, we built the world's first sailing boat made entirely from already used plastic. Um, we built it in Lamu in Kenya, and we built it using completely using local ingredients, local, local know-how, local expertise, a local boat design that was really key, um, local trash, so we collected from beach cleanups. Um, it was all sort of already used plastic. Um, it weighs 10 tons. It's about 10 meters long. And if you and I really wanted to, David, we could probably sail from Lamu to, to uh, the UK in it. Um, we could cross, cross an ocean with a few modifications. Um, so it's, it's, it's the real deal. It's a, it's, a, it's a proper viable sailing boat. So um, why we're called the Flip Floppy is when you do a beach cleanup um, in Kenya and actually large, many parts of the world, the biggest thing by volume that you find is, is flip flops. Um, they are indestructible. They're brightly colored. Um, about 3 billion people on planet Earth. You've just proven it. Own flip-flops or, or their equivalent sliders. Everyone's got a pair or has had a pair. Um, and so the boat is covered in these flip-flops that we've picked up, that we've glued together that look a bit like that behind me. You just cut them into squares. And the brilliant thing about them, no matter how old and UV degraded, if you just... Um, uh, sort of rub them with a bit of sandpaper, they come up bright. Um, so it's really positive, it's really cheerful. Um, and the idea behind this sort of external part of the boat is it makes you smile. And that if you that's the one thing you can do that captures anyone, no matter what their age, uh, language, uh, background, uh, anything. So we've got a brilliant start point for a conversation there. And um, so our, our, uh, by design, we've determinately tried to be positive. And in a, you have to be really disciplined because there's some horrible stuff around environmental, um, environmental challenges right now. But we have kept discipline to make sure we are telling something really positive. And, you, and, and we're using storytelling. We want to engage people with something that's really positive. What's your, uh, in a few sentences, what's your story? How, I mean, where does the sunshine come from, <laughs> as it were? Are you naturally buoyant person or? Uh, I think, so I've made my living for the past 20 years organizing holidays to Africa. Um, I grew up in Africa, so it's, it's part of me. I'm half Ethiopian. Um, I, I realized when this idea first came to me, I realized that I owe everything that I have um, right now, and, and my entire life really, to Africa, it's, it's, it's natural resources. I'm organizing trips for people like you to go and have a nice safari. And I realized uh, that the actual start point was walking along a beach 
um, and seeing lots of plastic bottles and realizing, hang on, I can't honestly say to my customers, you're going to have an amazing time on your honeymoon on this beach when actually I'm stood on this beach and it, it, it's not actually that pretty. And so I thought, why don't we glue that plastic together and send it back to where it came from? That was the idea. But um, so that's my personal sort of how I've arrived at this point. I'm, I'm not um, a, I'm neither a sailor, a boat builder, uh, what I would class as somebody like an insider to the environmental campaigning sort of thing. I've become, it's just something that um, I've started doing in a very organic way. So that, that's how, that's how I've ended up in this place. And I think the other important thing to say, and we stand for something that's really significant in this whole conversation, which is we um, are so used as Africans in Africa to having to being the canvas upon which um, well-intentioned external sort of remedies or ideas are, are, are used. Let's go and try and do this in Africa or for Africa. And the reality of this challenge that we've got around uh, plastic pollution and actually in, like climate change generally is it, it needs a holistic global approach. So what's lacking here is confident, cheerful, positive voices from African voices who are like taking le leadership roles, not, not um, you know, and that's, what, that's what's really, if you look around, there's not many strong leadership roles, positive ones too, that are coming from our environment. It's really, really important to us to, to be that positive voice. And um, it was incredible that we could, uh, as we were building and launching our, our, our DAO in 2018, Kenya had an incredibly brave, um, dynamic environment minister, uh, Judy Wakungu, who was able to um, or get, get a, a plastic bag ban. Now, in Kenya, that's a very difficult thing to do, and it's been done in multiple countries where they announced the law, but then implementation, you know, there's a one-year gap, and it doesn't happen because all the vested interests get to work and eventually it doesn't happen. And actually, Judy Wakungu, to a great credit, was able to, to actually bring the, that law you know, you know, in, into being. And so that was a really pi pioneering thing for a, for a politician in Kenya to be able to do. And that happened literally at the same time. And so um, we've been able to, um, to be part of that, that conversation. It was celebrated around the world as one of the toughest plastic bag bans. So we've got a country doing something at, at the policy level, which is which is really taking a leadership level on a global on a global sort of um, level, and and uh, we were doing the same. I'm I'm interested in the big stories that ventures like yours come up against. It seems like that's an interesting one. There might be a big story there, which is could be simplified as Africa needs our help. Or something like that. And what I'm hearing you say is, as well-intentioned that might be, it's not helpful. And it's also not, it's, it's, there's another story, which is, um, we got this. Um, is, do you think that's right? Africa's, uh, Africa's population, I think, is going to double by 2050, that sort of thing. Um, but if you look at sort of what people refer to as a global south, um, these are environments where the where you've got the fast emerging consumer population. So these are the these are environments where if we're going to win the plastics um, challenge, if we're going to succeed, it's not where you and I are sat right now, which is in 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 the UK or you know, are, are you are you at COP now, um, David? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, so I'm, yeah, exactly. 
everyone, everyone where in the places that we are, in the countries that we are in right now, if you go to Starbucks, you know that you probably should have your reusable cup. We know. We know. And actually, society um, at the policy level and, and, and as citizens, we kind of know this stuff. But the reality is, if I am a young man in Kenya and I'm on a date with, with, with somebody, I will be in a car probably that I'll be able to, I've got access to, to finance. I can get a car where 20 years ago I couldn't. And you know what? I will wind down the window and I would drink my, my bottle of water and I would throw it out the window in a deliberate um, ostentatious show of I've arrived. I'm a, you know, we're, we're part, I'm a consumer now. You know, so this is the, the emerging consumer populations are the ones that we need to communicate. And it's incredibly challenging. Uh, and it's incredibly important not to be patronizing. Uh, we, um, as, a, as, a, as, as, the, as a developed world, we have had the starter, the main course, and the dessert of this amazing thing called plastic. It's so usable, cheap. It's developed our economies and all those things. And now, just as some, some other parts of our world are, are just starting to develop from a cons you know, consumer economies, we, how dare we go, oh, you guys, we don't want you to start with that. So there's there's some complexity and some you know to to how you how we how we as a global community have this conversation. We can't just go no 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 you can't do that now. We've got to be really nuanced and thoughtful, and that's why um, an ownership of a pro, you know of an initiative like our, ours has to come from us, from from where we are. Otherwise, we will fall into that trap. Um, so that, that for me is why identity is really critical to our story. And when you look at a, a YouTube um, clip that we might publish, underneath it, you'll very often see thing, comments like, isn't Kenya great? Or, you know, it's, it, it'll, be, it'll be because people identify it as a thing which has a, an identity that is, is from, from where we are, from place. So we are located somewhere, and that that you know that, that's a really key part of um, for me. That's a really key part of addressing um, this challenge that we all have. If if you give value to anything, it can it stuff happens. And so all, all, what we wanted to show by building a boat was already used plastic. We can build a boat that's got value as a as a creative sort of art object. It's got value as um, something you go fishing in, or take tourists in, or travel in. So we just that it, it it's not really about the boat. Um, it's about the fact that we are able to recycle or re reuse reuse and create something of value. If you can demonstrate that at any level, um, and in a in um, uh, it could be a really small level. It could be making a souvenir out, of, you know, recycling something. But we're giving, making people appreciate that it has value. So when you ask me about, you know, you, you know, we, it, we do, we do sort of work in three areas. We do education, which is just basically trying to communicate that to people, communicate ideas. Um, we we try and help promote innovation. So it's it's actually yeah. Let's talk. Let, let's really try and identify how we can how we can. Um, innovate around you know other uses so we you know we can bring waste and plastic into a circular economy um and then finally un uh, unfortunately <laughs> that was a slip um uh you can only really get change as we know we, we you, you can't do it without engaging with policy and policy makers so we've got 
we've got to, if you're looking at this holistically, you have to also think about, um, inf you know, we call it our influence pillar, but you've got to think about how you can engage policymakers. And the interesting thing about why so many uh, plastic or as so many sort of environmental NGOs fail um, is because they tend to work in one of these areas. We, we're all about, um, we, we do education or we, you know, we're creating this machine that, that recycles. But the reality is you have to do these, th these three things simultaneously to, to achieve change. You've got to educate consumers. You've, you, if you think about a circular economy, you need, you need the, the entrepreneurs to help that cycle of circularity happen, waste having value. But for that, this to happen, you also need policymakers to create the, 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 the environment and the frameworks that, that allow the you know, entrepreneurial you know, um, part of the chain to work. So you, you, ca you cannot do this without, without it. And um, here is really the, the, the magical formula that we've stumbled upon with a, a boat color, you know, with, with lots of bright colors on, is really the truth is it's a convener. Um, it, 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 it is a convener. If I arrive in, in, up the Clyde in a brightly colored boat that looks like Elmer the Elephant, you know, patchwork, patchwork of colors, I can guarantee that uh, the policymaker will definitely be keen to come and, and welcome it in because it, because, and it's going to draw lots and lots of crowds of people because they want to see it. And of course, the media, it's a very interesting thing to, to capture too. So you've now got the three ingredients that you do want to engage. It's convened the three ingredients at the same time. And I think um, that doing these things be, be, as an organization, it was important to us to, to be active in all of these three areas. Make sure you're working on policy change. Simultaneously, make sure you're, you're working on uh, the edu education so people understand. Work on the innovation, the entrepreneurialism. And, it, and that, those three Drive, those three themes are the drivers to a circular economy in, 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 a, in an, I would say in any environment, but certainly in the environment um, that we are in, 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 in Kenya. Uh, do you see yourself as a convener, by the way? I think you, you are. It sounds like yeah. you convene the project that convenes. Without, without, without question, um, we, we, that's the central thing that, that uh, we do. Boat building is a magical thing we've stumbled on because it is universally interesting, um, not just the fact that our boat is innovative and unique and built of you know, the trash that you're putting in your bin you know, this morning, but it, it's, um, it's in a ch you know, from, from, from the moment you're sort of six, seven, eight as a child, it's, in, it's, it's interesting. There's yeah, an yeah. element of danger there's an element of building. It's it's just engages people. So you know, it we've stumbled across a brilliant convener, and some of the work that we're doing now is trying to pilot um, what we call heritage boat building. So we 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 we're trying to pilot what we've done in other environments, but using boat building because boat building really does really does work. And you tend to find that boat building very often is an integral part of culture, of heritage, of who we are as people. Um, that's certainly the case in the East African coast and in many other parts of the world. It's a really central pillar to, to identity. So it's a, um, so yeah, boat building's a, a massive convener. And the, I wanted to just say, you know, your, your thing is creativity, David, um, bringing creativity into, in, into, 
as a force in in a in a work environment or whatever. And I I think what what we've realised is creativity more broadly. The building our boat is one example of it. Is a really important way to convene the conversations um, around climate change and um, and plastic pollution in our case. So what we do, we do big sculptures, uh, which we which are a way of when we leave somewhere, we're leaving something. And there's a legacy. It's not just here. We're like, blah, 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 let's talk and then let's go. And two years later, it's gone. So we've done an expedition around Lake Victoria, and when we stopped in Kenya, we created a, an enormous Nile perch. Um, sculpture with mesh netting and from uh, beach cleanups we filled it up with the plastic we found it's beautiful it's in the middle of a roundabout it's a Nile perch emerging from the ground in a jumping sort of figure and so that's using art that's using creativity as the the tool to bring people together and it by goodness it did it brought the British uh, Deputy High Commissioner, it brought the governor of Kenya, they all unveiled it, the media were there, the whole community were there, there you go. So it doesn't have to just be about the boat, but it's that realization that use creativity to convene, and it's it, uh, and that, that's one of the best ways we can, we, we can, we can do it. It's a little bit cold where um, Andrew has me, our producer, has me standing in the cold in a street uh, to do this. He's, he's, a, he's a fan of authenticity. But as I listen to Ben, I am warmed, literally. I'm warmed by his, his outlook and by what he does. And also there is central, I think, to the story he's telling and one we need to hear is this idea that waste is valuable. Waste is valuable. You know, I was puzzled as I was cycling, as I mentioned at the beginning, thinking, okay, there's all of this rubbish in the, uh, in the outskirts in, in, of London, or indeed in the centre as well. What are we going to do about it? How would you incentivize people to, um, to pick it up? And there is at the heart of what Ben is talking about um, a brilliantly simple idea, which is have us see it as valuable. There are people now talking about... Um, taking plastic which is a valuable commodity and stockpiling it in the earth for later use as a valuable commodity so thinking about it as valuable i just thought that is such an interesting uh flip in the mind and i just thought we might like to play with it a bit as this is wonderful and this is the podcast that's got an experience built in um what i would suggest you do is that um i'm going to make a uh, I'm going to propose that we have a little 10-minute experience. I suggest you pause the podcast in a minute. You go off for a little wander. Let your feet be more intelligent than your head. Get lost and find answers, all that good stuff. And But bearing a, a simple idea in mind. And here is that idea. I want us to, all of us, and Andrew, you're doing this too, we're going to wander for 10 minutes. And when you see quotes rubbish i want you to think of this as treasure you're on a treasure hunt so instead of looking at a bottle and thinking that's waste someone should throw it away it's like oh my goodness that's a bottle that's full of potential that's a it's like someone's left a fabergé egg on the on the pavement for you what does that make you feel what does that make you want to do so um just notice if that changes things for you we will begin the 10 minutes now. 
So you're really welcome to go for a wander, bearing in mind we're surrounded by treasure. People have negligently thrown treasure, valuable objects around. And what does that make us do, think, feel? So I'm just letting my feet be more intelligent than my head and it's taking me off. Not really seeing any waste. Oh yeah, there's some. Okay. Hey, welcome back. Um, I hope you enjoyed that and found that interesting. Uh, it was fascinating for me, I have to say. Um, what can I share with you? The first thing was, well, the first thing I started looking, positively looking for, quotes, rubbish, for waste, as though I was a, like a fossil collector or a, one of those people looking for precious objects. So my attention wasn't looking actually so much at the uh, the surroundings and when I saw some rubbish it being an interruption it's, it's more like aha and I found I'm showing it now to, to to Andrew who's on the other end of an iPhone I found this intriguing white object I don't actually know what it is but it's a little white plastic something the top of a pen or something I'm not sure what it is and I'm intrigued. Now that isn't how I would normally feel about waste. I would just, I just wanted to get it out of the way. But it's sort of forcing me into an act of appreciation. Inside it is a little stone, which is also interesting. It has, it has sound, and if you can hear it, sort of rattling. Um, and as I sat with it, rather than judging it as mindless waste, I, I wondered what the object was trying to tell me. And it said to me, if it had a voice, it was saying to me, um, someone made me. I am, the, I am the product of somebody making me. I have, I had a use and I have some value. I felt like a kid also, uh, I don't know if you ever did this when you were a kid, sort of have a little uh, a box or a shelf of precious objects that have meaning for you. You give them meaning. I felt like I'm not going to throw this away. I don't know what it's for and what I could, but it, 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 because of where I found it, it's got a story. And then I found, on the way back here, I found a piece of sort of, I don't know, rotting green paper. And again, it's like a, what, the Rosetta Stone. It's like archaeology. It's got meaning if I could decipher it. It had a use once, and it's sort of not done yet. This sense of these objects having life, purpose, intention. And there's some form of... Um, respect to them because they were made for a reason by someone for someone sometime hard to you know when you think of the vast landfills and so on so forth it feels like well what could this tiny thing what difference can that make and I don't know it seems to be making a difference right now right here um, and it brings to mind I don't know if any of you have read the book I wrote called wonderful Spot the, spot the connection there. But in it, I, I interviewed some wonderful strangers. And one of them is a guy called Bruce Daisley, um, who's got this lovely practice. And he actually does it during our, um, during our walk. He, 
he bends down and picks up a, a plastic bottle. Um, and that's his practice. It's a little bit like the starfish story of the man throwing the starfish back in the water and saying, well, it made a difference to that one. And Bruce does the same thing, which is, as a daily practice, he picks up one thing. Well, now I mention it, now I think about it, I did the same in the desert. I picked up a bottle and brought it back. I think it might even still be in my suitcase, so it's a well-traveled bottle. But, you know, start small. Um, massive movements start with sort of micro movements. So there's a thought, there's a thought. <sighs> yeah, maybe we can think waste is valuable. We might value it and waste less of the waste. So there's a thought. Um, I'm just going to wander on now, but I'm going to leave you with the invitation to keep your eyes open and join me again at the next episode of this third season of Wonderful, the podcast that is designed for wanderers like you to get some inspiration on the go. And until we meet again, enjoy life, appreciate the world and have a wonderful time. You can find out more about these mindful walking techniques at streetwisdom.org, a global non-profit founded by David Pearl. Street Wisdom is an everyday creative practice you use as you walk to help you unblock your mind to find clarity and inspiration. Why not follow us at streetwisdom underscore for free guided in-person and online workshops you got it. Walking workshops. You can also download our audio guides on Spotify. Just search for Street Wisdom. Happy wandering! <laughs>